your grace and mercy it brought me through I'm living this moment because of you Jesus I want to thank Praise you too for your grace and mercy. How it brought through. Hallelujah. How many know his grace and mercies while you're here tonight? I, I can testify personally that his grace and mercy has brought me through. The songwriter said, justice demanded. Justice demands that you should die. Yeah. But mercy said, I've already paid the price. <laughs> I'm so thankful that his grace and mercy has brought me through. You know, it was just his grace and mercy that I lived long enough to say yes to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If he'd have gave me what I deserve, he'd have killed me a long time ago. But his grace and mercy kept me here to say yes. Amen. What an astounding gospel. Praise you. Thank you, worship team. Your grace and mercy brought me through. Romans chapter 13. started it last week but we're going to pick it up again I found even teaching systematically that that the times we fall in sometime end up being it's amazing that the times you live in can match the word that you that you teach through when there's no way you could have planned it amen the words relevant that's a buzzword in the church world today. I said about being relevant. There's nothing more relevant than the Word of God to the world today. You want to be a relevant preacher? Preach the Word. Be instant in season, out of season, convince, exhort, rebuke with all long suffering and doctrine. That's what will make you relevant. It's the only thing that can make you relevant. Everything else is fleeting and faddish, but the Word will get you through. It's the word that's unshakable. It's settled in heaven. It's our foundation. It does not move. If the foundation moves under this building, this building is going to be destroyed. It's going to collapse. If the foundation that I build my life on is to move, if, it, if this is not bedrock truth that never changes, then I have nothing I can build on. Because our life will change with the wind. It'll be, we'll be tossed about by every wind of doctrine. No anchor, no center, no, nothing to hold us into place. I'm thankful for the word of God. Romans chapter 13. Let every person be subject to governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. 
And those that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur, ju incur judgment. Rulers are not terror to good works, but to evil works. Do you wish to have no fear of the authorities? Do what is good. Somebody say amen. Amen. That, that, that's as plain as it can be written. If you don't want to have to be afraid of the authorities, do what is good. Hmm. I'll ask a question right here, a politically incorrect question. When did it become racial to obey the law? Don't be scared to say amen. When did it become a racial issue to obey the law? When did it become a dividing line to do what is right? When did it become extreme, uh, an extreme position to do what's right and to tell what's true? When did that happen? Truth is truth. Rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil works. Do you wish to have no fear of the authorities? Do what is good. You know any time... <laughs> You know, any time I've ever been afraid of a cop is whenever he caught me doing something wrong. Had one time a lady tell me back at home, she said, the cops are picking on my kid. I said, how's that? Of course, it was one of those. It was always it was always the somebody else. It was never her kid. I said, how are they picking on, their, on your kid? I said, well, they stopped him again the other day, and, 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 and the drug dog got him for, for having dope in his pocket. I said, well, did he have dope in his pocket? Well, yeah. Well, then how are they picking on him? You know, you don't have to be afraid of getting caught with dope in your pocket. If you ain't got no dope in your pocket, you're not going to get a DWI if you hadn't been drinking. You're not going to get arrested for underage drinking if you ain't underage and you ain't drinking. Oh, I could keep on. It says they're not, they're not a terror to good works, but, it, but, to, but someone that's doing something wrong. You know that God, God set up authority and, and things into place, and, and, and they're supposed to strike fear in your heart when you're doing something wrong. The Bible says so. Do what is good and you and you will have do what is good and you will have praise for him, for he is a servant of the God for your God. For you let me get my tongue untwisted and start at verse three and read it right. How's that? Rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil works. Do you wish to have no fear of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise for him. Praise for who? The authority. For he is a servant of God for your good. I wanna, I, I'm going to get loose on something here in a minute. Just give me a second. But if you do what is evil, be afraid. For if you do what is evil, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. What is he talking about? Does not, the, 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 the authority. We probably better start, start breaking some things down before we get too far along. 
What's he talking? Who's the he? It's the, it's the authority. It says that they're a minister of God. It's talking about that they've been appointed and it's a divinely appointed position to be put in authority. I've told you many times, if you've got a problem with authority, you've got a problem with God. This is not addressing corruption. We all know that there's corruption in places. This is not addressing, this is not addressing tyranny. Although this was written under the rule of a tyrant, we discussed that last week. Paul, Paul uh, wrote this, this passage under, when he was under the rule of Nero. But this is not addressing tyranny. This is not addressing uh, corruption. This is uh, addressing the normal flow of life that God institutes government and people over us. Because we are a fallen world and we need to be governed Hello, somebody. Let, see, when, when man's left to his own devices, well, we're seeing examples of it for the last two years. Whenever you, when the North and the Pacific Northwest, when you allow thugs and, and criminals and, and Antifa and gangs to take over whole sections of downtown, downtown Seattle and declare it an autonomous zone, then you can't be surprised when they loot every store, burn everything inside, steal everything they can get their hands on, and kill people and rape and murder. You can't be shocked. That is what it looks like. If you wonder what it looks like when people are left to self-govern, that is what it looks like. If, you, if there's a movement afoot in this United States of America, by the way, I'll go, insert, go ahead and insert here every preacher and everybody, that ever, every Christian that it believes, everybody taking in breath, if you, if you are still of the notion that the political agenda and the spiritual agenda are separate, then you have been asleep, and now it's high time that you woke up, because you need to understand, if we are silent on the political situation, we will be silenced by the political situation. You need to understand, just this week, the mayor of Port Arthur, Texas, anybody know where that's at? Has had to step through the microphone to calm the city down because of a murder a week for the last however many weeks. I told Heather before it ever came out on the news today, I said there's been a body a week in Port Arthur and a separate body a week in Beaumont. This, that's, this is not New York. This is not even Houston. This is not millions of people. This is a few, a few uh, tens of thousands, maybe a hundred thousand or two people with, that were having a murder rate of at least once a week. But it's, it's, in our area, it's twice because we live right between Port Arthur and Beaumont. That's not normal. Today, I was looking at my, I still have the, the Arkansas local news on my Facebook apps. Today, in Little Rock, Arkansas, Little Rock mayor declared a state of emergency because they had 10 shootings from Friday to Monday in Little Rock, Arkansas. Every time you turn on the news, there's a cop under fire somewhere in a major city or around this country. This is not normal. This is what happens when, you re when, the, when the society becomes lawless. If you want to know what Romans chapter 13 is talking about, you are witnessing it firsthand, live and in living color. This is what it looks like. This is, it says that the authorities are ministers of God. 
That mean, it doesn't mean that they've been put in the pulpit. It means that they have been ordained. Say it, it means ordained. The word, the, the, the root word is they are ordained of God to fulfill their position to keep order in the world. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 says that God, chapter 14 verse 33 says that God is not the author of confusion. God is not the one who originated. He is not the author of confusion. 1 Corinthians 14 is talking about the operation of the church. It's talking about how the gifts of the Spirit operate in the church. But it is doing the Scripture no harm and it is not lifting anything out of context to have those are standalone statements that God is not. That is a standalone statement in any context you put it in that God is not the author of confusion. 1 Corinthians 14 or 14 and 40 says that God does everything in decency and in order. When it's out of order and when it's mass confusion, it is, it is either godless or God has sent it, sent it to, to destroy an enemy. That's the only two times I see in the word where there's confusion, hysteria, and chaos. Either the world has rebelled and, it, and it's fallen out of divine order and, and, it's, and it's killing itself or God has sent confusion among an enemy. So for what reason? So the enemy would destroy itself. We are in a situation now in this world where we have literally put our face, our fist in God's face and says, we do not want you in our government. We do not want you in our schools. Frankly, we don't want you in our homes. We, we, want, to, we want to do as we please. Everybody do what is right in their own eyes. That we no longer need authority. We no longer need the police. Everything is division, but division, division, division. Jesus said himself that a house divided against itself cannot stand. That a kingdom divided against kingdom cannot stand. That there has to be unity to survive. We are divided, a divided people. And it's because of that lawlessness is abounding. That is the spirit of the lawless one, which is the spirit of Antichrist. God, the, the Spirit of Christ brings peace to every situation. He will, when, when it's the Spirit of Christ, when it's the Holy Spirit, it says He is a comforter and a bearer of peace. We need to understand that, that, that there's no one going to stand up for what is true and what is right if the church of the Lord Jesus Christ doesn't do it. There is no one else to do it. If there, there is no one else to say, there, the devil's not going to say no. He's fueling this thing. Well, you got chaos on the borders, chaos in the world. When you got right now, the, uh, there's chaos literally going on. Can I, can I, can I share something else that inserted into this about authority and government? You need because I want to add it to where we are today. Among the chaos is wars and rumors of wars. And nations are rising against nations. That's ethnicity against ethnicity. It is not a stretch to say that America and the rest of the world is on the verge of, of calamity and perhaps war over racial tensions. And I am so sick today of hearing about 
the, the white community, the black community, the Hispanic community, the LGBTQ community. I'm sick of hearing about communities because we're all one in Christ Jesus. My nationality is the kingdom of heaven. My brothers and my sisters, Jesus, I talked about it Sunday. He said, who is my brother? Who is my sister? It is the one who obeys my word and obeys my will. It's not, it's not by where I was born or who I was born to or what color I am. My brother and my sister is the ones that, that are living for the Lord Jesus Christ and that obey him and that obey his word. We are one in Christ Jesus. There is no black church. There is no white church there is no Hispanic church there's not even a cowboy church I have to tell you there is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and the reason that we are divided is because we have left the authority it's about authority we have left the authority of Scripture and went off into our and, and we are our authority is in our own community when your community comes before the Word of God, your community is an idol to you. There is, it, can, it cannot be what's best for one community if it's against what the Word of God says. Hold on a second. Do you understand that? What the Word, the word of God is good for every community. At the same time, not this community now and this community later and this community next week. The Word of God is good for every community. If we are not united around the truth of God's Word, then we are not united at all and we will fall. But God is going to have a people. Listen to me. God has a people. And it is not people divided around these lines. We are united by the Scripture alone. There's people that think that God, that, that, they're, that they're going for unity. The church world is going for unity around, around love and, and, and things like And God is love, and He has, but God's love will never override God's truth. The only thing we have to unite around is the authority of the Scripture. You don't want to, we, have, we are going to, church, we are going to have to pray like never before. But we, first of all, the people in this room, whoever may be watching and whoever's looking for truth, are going to have to understand that we're going to have to shut out all the noise. And we're going to have to no longer be concerned about the opposition. And we're going to have to understand that, that, the tr that, that, we, that there is no yeah buts when it comes to what is true. The Word of God is universally true for every single believer. No exceptions. If it's, good for, if it's good for you, it's good for me. The reason we're divided and the reason that there's, we're, we're lawless is because even the church has left the authority. We, 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 went for, we went for numbers and notoriety and popularity 
and for followers and for and for and to fill up the house and we have left the authority of what's true because when you get into what's true you're not going to be nearly as popular I don't want to go into it. I'm not going to name names, and I, but, but I, I will tell you this, when I, and I may tell you more about it Sunday when I know more about it, <laughs> but it's, not, it's really not important. There, there's a major church in striking distance of us that, has, that their pastor has had to, well, he hadn't had to step down. He was ran off. A major church that has a tenure of 33 years and his crime that, that, that lost his pulpit was he stands for what is true and doesn't care what the culture in the town around him thinks about it. And the majority of his congregation, as far as I can see, is with him. But there was enough on, on his board and in the, in the power to dismiss a, a tenured pastor of 33 years, not because he was he was running around, not because he was embezzling money, not because he had got off doctrinally off track, but because he stands for what the word of God says, thus saith the Lord. We got to make up our mind that no matter what it cost us, that this is true. The Bible doesn't say here in Romans 13 that everyone that's put in authority is a Christian. The Bible doesn't say that everyone that is put in authority it, it, that you would want for your pastor. It, this, this is about civil government. This is not about church government. Not everybody that's ever, that's ever stood in authority that were good leaders were Christians. God used them anyway. That's confusing for us. We're confused about the role of, I started to get to the touch on this last Wednesday and didn't get to it. The church and the world is confused about the role of the church versus the role of the civil authorities as laid out in Romans 13. Let's, let's, let's get past the distractions and let's understand that they have two completely separate roles. The church's job is, is, to, is, to, is to pray and to teach what is true, to lead people to Christ, to have mercy and grace with people. The civil, the, the, the civil authority's job is to enforce the law. Period. I don't like when religious leaders get involved with court decisions, frankly. Y'all may remember some years ago, what was her name? Y'all remember, uh, it was here in Texas. Uh, uh, female murderer, uh, Carla Faye Tucker. Does that sound right? Yes. Carla Faye Tucker. In a, in a, I believe, if I remember correctly, in a drug-fueled rage, she stabbed her husband or her boyfriend a hundred and some odd times. And she was up to be executed in Texas. And there was a big brouhaha over executing a woman. I thought, isn't it funny how we want equal rights until it comes to killing each other? I said that out loud in a minute. And I, and I remember at the time, I'm giving you this as an example, it's not current. I remember at the time that, that Pat Robertson got heavily involved with trying to get her sentence commuted to life in prison, that we should show her grace. Pat Robertson was wrong. 
And I'm explaining to you why Pat Robertson was wrong. Can I, can I show you in the scripture one more time before I move on? Practical examples. Let me find it. Verse 4, for he is a servant of God for your good, but if you do what is evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. Scriptural times, the, the, the sword was the weapon of choice. And it was, and it was used for multiple reasons. But one of the, in this particular context, it was, it was the sword he is speaking of is, is a literal sword that was used to keep people in line for the authority to have, to have a weapon against, against, the disobe- against lawlessness and to the point of capital punishment. Okay, are you with me? The civil government's job. This, Romans 13 is about civil government. The civil, the government's job is to enforce the law. The church's job is spiritual. It was not Pat Robertson's job or place to be, in, to be infiltrating the judicial system to try to commute a sentence that was handed down legally and undisputed and on multiple appeals by a jury of their peers according to the laws of the state of Texas and the United States. He was out of line and out of place because he was interfering with what the Bible says that God put into place and it is their job to enforce the law. The church's job is mercy and grace. The government's job is to enforce the law. Isn't it funny? Not funny as in ha-ha, funny as in ironic. That everybody wants justice in the courts until it's you. And then you want mercy. Mercy. Now, there's a place for mercy, but that's at the court's discretion. Anybody? Yes? Do we understand? Do you know? (laughs) Let me mess in some hot water. There uh, there wouldn't be no need for, for any new gun laws if we would just enforce the laws we got. Last I checked, murder was already a felony. And punishable by life in prison or death. What are we going to do? Kill him twice? We don't need no more laws in certain areas. We need enforcement. Oh. You sound like a radical preacher. You're just a radical right winger. If radical right wing means I believe the word of God is true and that that law should be enforced, that I'll wear the badge. But I don't think that's a radical right winger. I don't think that's any kind of winger. I think that is just what the word of God says and we ought to stand for it. And I think... I, and I don't mind telling you, as long as, as, long as we're on the war path, that I, I, that I don't mind telling you that, it, that the church people shouldn't be voting for people that don't believe this. Amen. You live in a blessed situation. We're different than any other place that ever has existed in, 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 since the dawn of time. We actually live in a place that we believe that our rights were given to us, that we have inalienable rights that were given to us not by the government. Y'all ain't listening. 
We're actually in a land that was founded on the notion that we had, that we had certain inalienable rights that were given to us by our Creator not by our government. And we also live in a place that says this government is for the people and by the people. So the, if you don't believe that the church ought to have a voice in this, in this country, then you don't understand how this country was founded because this country was founded where the people were the highest governing authority in the land. And when the people don't speak and, when, and the church is part of the people, if we don't speak truth, I'll ask you again, who will? When the people that name the... See, I know that, that most of the churches is lost because the people that named the name of Jesus helped elect the people that's burning it down. It's the only way they got in office. When there, when there is a spiritual renewal in this country... You say, what are you talking about this country? This, this gospel is universal. I'm speaking in this country because God, God, I was born in this country. I was raised in this country. I'm a citizen of this country. By the, by the laws of this country, I was called to preach in this country. My church is in this country. My microphone is in this country. Whenever I'm somewhere else, I'll preach to that country. But I am in this country so that you are who God put in front of me to preach to. So I can tell you until there's a spiritual renewal. And, and when there is a spiritual renewal, in this country, there will be a sweeping change of the government that nobody will have to, to think about. It, when, when God's people, when, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from our wicked ways, then while I hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sins and I will heal their land. You won't have to have a, a campaign of demagoguery from the right to change this country if the people, if the, if, if the uh, God will fall, the, the Spirit of God will fall in this country, in this churches. If the churches will hit their face and hit their knees and their spiritual renewal, it will change on the next election. Instantly. You won't have to debate whether killing babies is a choice or whether it's murder. You won't have to debate it. That tells you how far off base we are. I can tell you that people that don't have a problem with, with killing babies, well, in 10 years won't have a problem killing Christians. You mark my word. They already don't have a problem with it. They, they, they won't have a problem, they won't have a problem uh, putting your, your grandmother or your mother or your great-grandmother to sleep because they will no longer have any service or any value. In fact, it'll be merciful. It will be, uh, what's, the, what's the word, uh, uh, dignity, dignified. They'll die with dignity. They should be able to die with dignity. What they're really saying is, is they're no longer contributing taxpayers. They're no longer paying into the tax base. They're sucking more out of the economy than they're putting into it. So they're no longer of any value to this country. There is no difference between what we're doing in the womb than what we're just a few years from doing in the nursing home. Boy, I'm on a roll. You want to know why Andrew Cuomo wasn't out of office in three weeks after thousands of people died in those nursing homes? It was his command. He sent, he sent people infected with COVID back into the nursing homes of the most vulnerable people on the face of the earth, and they died by the thousands at his command. And he was in office another full year and a half longer. And do you want to know why? Because the victims had no value.
That's why. The victims had no value. Do what's good and you will praise him. That's the authorities. You know what? Somebody's breaking in my house and the cops show up. I'm glad they got there. I'm amazed that the people that, that want them defunded, that want them shot, that want them killed, that praise when it happens, that they're the first people whenever something turns, they, they call them 911. Who they think is going to come? Social workers, right. So, don't get me started. Because the local mayor said today that what we need in our budget is a budget for some more law enforcement, but we really need more social workers and, and people to send out to homes. No, what you really need is to flood the streets with people with, with the power to stop the crime. You want to know what's racist? I'll tell you what's racist. It's to know that the areas of the city that, that, are being, that their people are being killed by the hundreds is, is the cops are not there because they've been driven out of, they've been driven out or politically motivated to not send them in because it looks bad when all that did was get everybody in that area killed and under attack. If you want to know what's compassionate, you'll go, in, you'll go into Chicago that's having 60 murders a weekend and you will flood those gang infested areas with as many cops as you can put on the block and I'm going to tell you if they'd done it day after day after day after day after day after day after day, it would stop. There's no will to do it because there's money that comes with it. There's funding that comes with it. And we bought the idea that enforcing the law is racist. There'll be some tonight that they'll, they'll watch it later. They'll be commenting on YouTube. They'll be trying to get me turned into Facebook. They'll, 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 they'll start talking about that what does a white guy know about racism? But i got to tell you, truth knows no color. This is talking about what Romans 13 says. This is, this is Bible study. This is, not, this is not a stump speech. It's not a soapbox. It's not a political agenda. It is thus saith the Lord. It's high time that we had the nerve to say something. They have learned that you can shut anything down and any argument down by labeling it racist. There's no such thing as a Christian racist. You might want to know that. Never has been and there never will be. Bible says, because listen to me, I used to say it all the time. I'm going to say it again tonight so everybody hears it. You cannot say you love God and hate your brother. The Bible says so. You, can, you, can't, you can't love God and hate people. I'm going to say it again. You can't love God and hate people. Listen to me. Listen, I, I was raised in a white home. I know y'all find that shocking. I've told y'all before, I'm so white, I'm pink. But me, I, can walk across, I can walk across the parking lot and get a sunburn. First, first spring, when the spring gets here, I can walk from here to the post office and wish I'd have had on sunscreen because I'm burnt. And I, and, I, and, I, and I was raised in the South just a little. And, 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 I, and I'll be right here. I'll tell you, I, I, know how, I know how white folks talk when nobody else is around. Thank God it's not like it used to be. But I was raised to know how white folks talk when, 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 when there's no darker skin around. And I'm going to tell all the white folks that might be watching down the line, 
now, home, old, young, I'm going to tell all of you that you can't love God and hate people. It is not possible. You cannot love God and hate people. The Bible says if you, if you say you love your brother whom you have seen, or if you, but, but God whom you haven't seen, it doesn't work that way. You cannot love God and hate people. Oh, I, I usually dig a little deeper when I hit that note. That, mean, that means if your daughter brings home that, looks some, that doesn't look like somebody that doesn't look like you, I mean, I'm just getting as real as I know how to be because I know people that tell me I don't, I'm not racist and they're not racist until, the, until their daughter's fiance doesn't look like them. I'm just letting it simmer. And you know what? I don't think it's any different than any other household either. God don't care. There's two kinds of people in this world, saved and unsaved. You know what I care about my daughter? I care about she happens to be engaged now, and that boy better stay a Christian or he's going to meet Jesus. <laughs> That's what I care about. And, and, if, and if the grandbabies are ugly, it's his fault. Y'all needed a laugh. You know why? Y'all know what I'm saying is true. You, you find out if you've got a racist bone in your body if, 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 your, if your kids and your in-laws are mismatched. Matching's overrated. It's already 8.06. Man, that's too bad. <laughs> for he is a servant of God for your good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is a servant of God, an avenger. To execute wrath on him who practices evil. Oh, did you hear that? If you do what's right, don't worry about it. If you do what's evil, be afraid. For he is authorized to bear the sword. For he is an avenger. Who's the he? Remember who the he is? It's the authority. It's the governing authority. It's the one that God's put in position. It's the one he called his minister. It's the one that he said was ordained to keep order. It says he is authorized to bear the sword, to execute wrath, and to keep order to him who practices evil. So it is necessary to be in subjection, not only because of the wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. Do you know everything you need to know for pertaining to life and godliness is in the word of God? And I want to remind somebody that this is, Romans is still in the New Testament the last time I checked. Because people get all caught up thinking that anything that enforces keeping things in an order must be law. New covenant. He's a God of order. Church, you better stand for what's right. 
I know sometimes you're thinking, preacher, we're with you. Rah, rah. And what do we do now? I'll tell you what you can do now. I'll tell you what the most, I, I'm gonna, I, I, I preach it, I'm gonna preach it till I die. The most important thing that people in there, there's two things that people in this room, the most important thing you're ever gonna do is, is to talk to your kids around the supper table about the very things we're talking about right now because I'm gonna tell you what they're being indoctrinated with at the school is not this. And I can promise you, you are in direct competition with, 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 the, with, the, with the people doing the indoctrination. And they have them longer than you do. And it is going to be up to you to demonstrate what is right and what is true and to enforce it. You ain't listening. Quit giving in. Absolutely not. Well, that's mean. It may be mean, but it's true. Because I got news. The only people that hate... The, How's that go? Because everybody thinks that, because we're in a time when everything that's true is hate speech. This is hate speech. I want you to know tonight that everything I've said is hate speech, according to the world. But the people who think it's hate speech is people that hate what's true when you stand on what is true it points out what is wrong and everybody loves to be told they're wrong and what they love being more told wrong is they got to change you don't got to change because the preacher said so you got to change because you named the name of Jesus Christ and his word says so you can, be, you can be the teacher and the enforcer in your home to your kids and your grandchildren. That's the number one. That's the highest priority. There's nothing more important. There is nothing more important. If, if your kid knows the latest NFL statistics, but they don't know the word of God, you have failed. Oh, man. If your kid can tell you everything again, I don't even know who sings anymore. Beyonce's probably dead by now for all I know. Uh, <laughs> if, they, if they know about the, the, the latest on, the, on, on iTunes, but they don't, but they don't know the, the, the latest from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we have failed. That's number one. There's no higher priority. And number two is as that you learn what you're voting for and vote accordingly. You say, that's political. No, you live in a country that God, God has put you here. Here's one thing that people, I, I, I've kind of, I'm gradually over and over and over and week after week after week getting over it more and more and more to understand that we live, that what we were given by God, this is a gift. Everybody in the world it's 8-11, I might as well mess it up. Everybody in the world is trying to get in here. Here. I don't know anybody tonight trying to catch a plane to Russia or to the Ukraine or to Guatemala. By the thousands, that's not happening. They're trying to get right here. If this, can I ask you a question? All the world hates us if we're so bad. If this, is, if this is so awful, then why is everybody trying to get here? Why? Why? 
Because it's the land of opportunity. It's the, home of the, it's the land of the free and the home of the brave. And it may be wounded and it may be down, but the world knows that it's still the best thing on the face of the earth. And I'm going to tell you, why would I say we need to defend it and vote, learn? Hold on just a minute. Clap in a minute. It's worth clapping. I, I had never, you know what? I had never told y'all to be quiet. I think that's the first time I ever said, don't clap. Hold on just a minute. Mark that down. Write that down for me. February 2nd. Is this a second? At 8.12, I had to tell him to calm down a second. <laughs> Without apology, this country has been, was a gift of God to not only to us, but to the world. And it's worth defending. I stand here freely tonight and preach the gospel and preach truth because of where I live. There's places that they would throw me in jail for what I've said tonight. That they would silence me for what I've said tonight. And if we, and if we don't stand up and put a stop to it, that's what's going to happen here. That is, that is the, it's already happening in California. Talk to the pastors in California. Gavin Newsom has still not let up. And he's doing everything in his power to keep the churches shut down to the place that he bankrupts them where they're gone. That's California. Unless you think that's just a bunch of nuts out there. And it is. As everybody knows, as California goes, so goes the nation. And I can tell you they're moving to Texas by the hundreds of thousands. And that's fine, but don't come here and screw it up. Screw it up. Is that a holy word? <laughs> Without apology. This land was raised up by God for the light of the gospel. It has been a gift to the world and it is still a gift to the world. It's worth fighting for. Anybody tell you, oh, that's just white nationalism. You're full of baloney and you're a bold-faced liar that you're, that you're speaking from the pit of hell. You're the liar. That's not white nationalism. That is, that is freedom. The same freedom that I have the right to preach is the same freedom that gives you the right to be an idiot. Because we're free. It was paid for in blood. Precious blood. We're the most generous people in the world, bar none. When there's a disaster, they're not, they're not calling Vladimir. Because he ain't coming. They're not calling the crown prince of Saudi Arabia because they're not, they're not going to come and help you. They're not going to feed you. They're not going to, they're not going to, they're not going to protect you. They're not, who's Ukraine calling tonight? America. They can call it NATO, but who are they really calling? Who's the power behind NATO? Who's the power behind the UN? Who's any, anywhere there's power that's not, that's not in opposition, trying to destroy and to take over and to build their own kingdom, who is it? Why in the world would we apologize? Why in the world would we not defend it? Why in the world would we not say that government was instituted by God and it was instituted for our good and that whenever it brings freedom, God, uh, the Bible still, it's not, it, it's, it's exactly what it means. That I can tell you why there's freedom and why there's always been freedom because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 
You want to know why we're losing? Hey, hey, church, do you want to know why we're losing our freedoms by the day? And we are? Because the light of the gospel is going out in America. You want freedom to shine like a beacon again? Let the pulpit rise up. Let the people rise up. Let the churches rise up. Let the word be proclaimed again. Because when the word goes forth, the light comes on. When the light comes on, the spirit goes forth. When the spirit goes forth, freedom flows. Yes, it's worth defending. Yes, it's worth preaching and standing up for. Yes, it's worth exposing the lie. Yes, it's worth to educate your children. And vote right. I should say correctly, which is right. Right. It's 817, it's late, but I can tell you, I'm not, a party's not going to fix anything, but I'm going to tell you this, that there's, there's one party, not two, that's pushing for destroying the family. It's just one, it's just, it's just, it's just one group of people. That's voting for the LGBT agenda, destroy the family. There's just one, there's just one party that's pushing to, to defund the police and remove all authority. Just one. There's just one party that's, that's, that's pushing for abortion on demand up until the time that they're delivered into this world. Just one. There's just one party. Those are, those are the, I don't care about the tax code. That's, that's stuff you can debate. Pay to Caesar, watch Caesars, the Bible says. I care about the matters of the book. And I'm going to tell you, there's just, it's not hard to find who's standing for which one. And if you vote for them, you're complicit. There, I said it. Whew. Just a second. All we're doing is teaching Romans 13. All we're doing is teaching verse by verse, chapter by chapter, without apology. Without apology. Right is right and wrong is wrong and borders and nationalities and races and classes and social whatever have nothing to do with it. All of that is just thrown in to cloud the water and to cause confusion. Preach what's true. Stand for what is true. Teach your kids what is true. In the name of Jesus. Now you can give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Why? Because he deserves it. He's what, his word is true. His word is true. Heavenly Father, I thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your truth. Lord, embolden us. Lord, I pray that you would send Holy Ghost fire. <laughs> into individual lives and homes. Lord, when the fire burns, boldness comes. Power comes. And things change. In lives, churches, towns, countries, Lord, send your fire again. Send your fire again. Send your power again. He said, and we'll pray it in Jesus' name. He said, John the Baptist said there, I said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but there's one coming after me who, I, who I'm not worthy of to even reach down and undo his sandals. And said, and he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with 
fire. I pray again that the fire of the Spirit of God would touch his church. Because that's when they will walk. It said that they went out and boldly stood. Be bold. Don't be hateful. Be bold. Be bold. Oh, y'all clap until I turn it around on you. You be bold. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.